Today we are talking about everyone's favorite mystery, search engine optimization, and specifically how to write with SEO keywords. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Okay, so before we go any further, I want to put out the little disclaimer that says I'm not an SEO expert. I'm not an SEO writer. I'm just a writer who's been around the block once or twice. I have my own blog, so I've looked into it a tiny bit. And I've worked for clients who had a big fancy SEO strategy, and I just sort of uh, took orders from them. And from that experience, picked up a few things. Okay, so today I have three tips for you about working with SEO keywords. And this is, um, I think it's a good conversation to have because SEO keywords, especially if they are what we call long tail keywords, um, can get kind of awkward. <laughs> so I want to help you get um, your head around the process of working with these prescribed phrases that you have to use and you have to find ways to work into your copy. Now, tip number one is kind of the number one rule of this whole thing. <laughs> and that is that it has to make sense. Whatever you write has to make sense. It has to feel natural. It has to feel um, like this phrase or this word was supposed to be there and that SEO strategy is not a thing that is happening here. I'm sure that you have read, if you've read anything, um, with any kind of width or depth or breadth <laughs> across the internet, you probably come across stuff that was obviously um, optimized with SEO keywords. And you could tell because these keywords were stuck like everywhere and it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel right. Um, you've also probably read a number of blogs who have an effective SEO strategy, but you couldn't you wouldn't really know it for looking at it because it felt, the, the writing felt natural. The title felt appropriate. The subheads um, didn't feel awkward or funny or weird. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't, you could probably maybe read this post and put together a few um, pieces of information and, and have an idea of what their keyword was, but you wouldn't have known it because of tripping on tripping over strange language. And that is what you should strive for if you're writing with SEO keywords. Now, you may have some clients who are working on old SEO strategy um, uh, ideas who might say it's about the word count and it's about the number of keyword appearances and blah, blah, blah. And that may be the case. They may be able to make some money that way, but that's at least I feel like that's not really, that's not really writing. That's just uh, like stringing words together for the sake of capturing some ad revenue. That's not really writing. If you want to write and you want to write well and you've got some SEO keywords that you need to work with, then you need to focus on how to make it feel natural. So one thing that I do 
when when I'm in this situation is maybe I'll have my key phrase that we're optimizing for and I look at um I look at this phrase or maybe it's a couple of phrases sometimes you'll get like five different variations of kind of the same thing I'll look at each one and I'll think how can I use that in a sentence in a way that makes sense and then I try to work that sentence in. Or maybe it's I get the keywords after the fact, after I've written everything. And this can be um, a good way to do it if you feel, if if like thinking about the keyword beforehand is making you feel really nervous or uptight or weird in any kind of way. Like if you're getting all up in your head about it, write the thing first. Look at their keywords to know what you're writing about. Write the thing first and then go back and insert them. And so when I have a keyword I need to insert, I look at the keyword phrase and then I try to find a sentence that has a phrase that's close to that or or similar to that or maybe it's the same phrase but I want it uh, at the beginning of the sentence. Maybe it's like in the opening paragraph and it's in the fourth sentence and I want it within the first 90 characters or whatever the rule is. So I want to move this phrase to the beginning. I take the sentence that's already there and I try to think of a way to rearrange it so that the keyword is where I want it to be or so that I can uh, swap out my original copy with this keyword and it will still make sense. So it's more like you're editing them in as opposed to writing around them. And that can be, um, that can be a lot easier especially like I said if you're if you're nervous or you feel confused or whatever um, it can be easier to edit the keywords in I guess that's my second tip <laughs> my tip 1b tip number two um, is still true as far as I understand it it's been a long time since I worked with any client who had a, a major, SEO strategy going on that involved handing me a list of keywords and then me figuring out how to incorporate them. Um, but you can get away, my understanding is that you can get away with adding or removing punctuation because the search engines don't necessarily parse that. So if you have something that really needs a hyphen in it, you can add in the hyphen. And that'll make it grammatically correct, and then you won't feel like you're a weirdo who's punish who's publishing typos for the sake of SEO. My understanding is that you can you can add the punctuation in because the search engines don't keep it. Um, another way that you can add in punctuation to help is if you have two phrases that are stuck together as one search term. Uh, for example. Uh, if you had the term, like if you're writing about a kid's recipe book or something, and you have the term kids baking recipes, that's pretty easy. That's a natural phrase. That's how people talk. But if you had kids recipes baking, that is not, that's not how we phrase things in English. And so it feels really awkward. So what you can do is you can switch it so that it's kids kids baking recipes and hope that you'll still get some juice, which I think you probably would. But another thing that you can do is look at that phrase and figure out, can I insert some sort of punctuation? And a lot of times it's either going to be a hyphen or a comma. So you look at that and think, can I insert um, some punctuation here and then build a sentence around this piece? It's like if you had a funny piece of Brio, like wooden train track, you start with the piece that you really want to use. Maybe it's the circle 
in the middle where the train can turn around and then you build everything around it. That's what you're doing here. You, you figure out how to make this keyword grammatically workable somehow. And nine times out of 10, there will be a way to do this. Not always. Sometimes you'll have three or four phrases mushed together and there's just nothing you can do. It's just gobbledygook and, and you're lost. However, <laughs> a lot of times you can. So if, if I have the phrase kids, what did I say? Kids cooking, kids recipes baking. I could put kids recipes comma baking and build a sentence around that. So I might then end up writing something like when it comes to kids recipes comma baking is the most fun they can have in the kitchen period. Right? So that's a sentence. And it works, and it still has your SEO keyword. Um, but the comma in it makes it uh, make sense, makes your keyword make sense. And it's not, as far as I understand it, it's not going to mess up or, or like alter your search engine results. You're still going to get the same amount of juice as if you didn't have the comma in there. Now, if you're an SEO expert and I'm totally wrong, please tell me and I will run a correction. <laughs> but this is my understanding um, at this exact point in time. Now, the third tip that I want to offer you regarding uh, writing with SEO keywords is that if you are the one doing the keyword research yourself, funny thing about keyword research is that it's not, it's not writing. It's beyond the scope of writing. And therefore, it's an additional service and you need to keep that in mind when you set your rates. So you may, if you get really into this, you may want to offer keyword research as an additional service, and then you can generate the list of keywords and whatever. And that's getting into um, content strategy territory a little bit, which costs more. Anything with strategy folded in costs more. Or if you are the kind of writer, and um, and this is a good kind of writer to be, if you are the kind of writer who wants to do SEO keyword research so that you know that your stuff is relevant and is going to be useful and whatnot, and that's part of your process and that's part of how you feel good about your work, then you need to charge higher rates and fold in the cost of the additional time um, and expertise that you are using to to fold this into your writing. So if you're doing anything with SEO, it other than being handed SEO, charge more. Okay, so kind of a short episode today. I think the next few episodes are going to skew a little bit shorter. Um, I'm experimenting with the shorter format, I guess. Revisiting my roots. Um, speaking of my roots, this is the 83rd episode of this podcast. So we are barreling down the highway toward 100. And I don't know what I'm going to do to celebrate the 100th episode. If you have any ideas, let me know. Best place to let me know anything really, whether it's an idea for an episode or a question you have or a win that you want to celebrate or anything like that, best way to do it is to come into my free Facebook group. It's called the Inkwell Guild and you can get there by searching for the Inkwell Guild on Facebook or you can go to theinkwellguild.com and that'll take you straight there. And I'll see you on the inside. So, my friend, if you have been listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, have you left a review? I'm just wondering. And I only ask because reviews are really, really helpful for podcasters like me. 
I really care about what you're thinking, what you need, and how I can come alongside you and help you grow your freelance writing business so that it's something that really supports your life and gives you exactly what you're looking for in some kind of work from home, get paid to write type of thing. So if you have not left a review and you are so inclined, I would be deeply grateful (laughs) for your stars, for your commentary, and of course, I want you to tell me what you love so I can keep doing more of it. Thank you.